everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation to share their secrets of thriving while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everybody. Good morning. And I'm Nancy. I'm the founder and president of Invisible Entrepreneurs. Did you know that one out of every two adult Americans lives with at least one chronic disease, often called a hidden illness? The disability community is the largest minority in the world. Yet instead of feeling inclusive and wrapped in camaraderie, most of us feel alone, unvalued, and unworthy. We need doctors who understand us and colleagues and family members who believe us when we tell them something about our health. Just knowing the simple fact that we are not alone and still have much to offer can be life-changing. In this podcast, we share tips and strategies, knowledge and support. In other words, hope for those who are looking for resources to help them maintain a thriving, successful life and business. It's always good to know that there are others out there that have dealt with similar challenges. And our guest today is going to share with us their history and what they've learned along the way. Welcome, Christine McGinnis. Hello, Nancy, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. I can't wait to dive into conversation yeah. with you because I know you've got such wonderful things to share. And let's just jump right in. Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're here. Yes. So I have committed my career to helping to support females to find their way through that chronic pain journey, in particular, when that pain is coming from migraines, headaches, or hormonal health conditions. Because those in particular are areas where we go to our doctor and we're told, oh, that's just part of being a woman. Oh, hormones, there's nothing we can do for that. Just tough it out or run tests. What tests do you want us to run? There's no test that will help. I started training to be a reflexology therapist and to work in the holistic healthcare field when I was pregnant and wanting a career change that was more flexible and more aligned with my passion to just do something positive in the world with my time and with my skills and with my energy. And it was postpartum, as I had done this training, I was trying to start my business that I started to get chronic hormonal migraines. And that made everything take so much longer. It made everything so much harder because as many of you know, you're listening to this, you probably deal with a chronic health condition. It's not just the flare up and the pain. In between the flares, in between the pain, you have less energy. You have more irritability. Often there's brain fog. And that comes because when we do have these flare-ups of chronic health, it takes our brain and our body a little while to recover. And then often we recover and then it all happens again. So I've been there. I've lived that. And through living that, I was able to use my training and my skills and really grow and study and focus my learning um, to support female health and help people not only survive through these conditions, but start to thrive and really find ways to keep the symptoms highly reduced or completely at bay. 
which has been life changing for me and I know is life changing for a lot of people out there. Believe me. Yeah, <laughs> I know um, a lot of everybody listening to the show knows that I've had a couple of crazy months. My husband, 100% healthy, never had a sickness, anything ever in his entire life, wound up having to have triple bypass heart surgery a week ago. And I have been a nervous wreck ever since then. And brain fog, talk about it. Irritability, talk about it. My pain levels have gone from a 10 to a 35. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's, it's all that. And I'm going, all right, I know this won't last. I know this won't last. But what the heck do I do to get rid of it now? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because when we are under periods of high stress, it increases or it decreases our pain threshold. It increases our chronic condition symptoms. So if you have endometriosis, if you have migraines, if you have any, I mean, that's, those are what I work with. So that's where my brain goes. But if you have any of these chronic pain conditions, when you're going through other things in your life, it can make your symptoms worse. And that's when you most want them not to, because you have to be there for people. You have to be caring for people. You have this pressure and the responsibility, but that's where our lovely brains and bodies hijack us. And they're like, no, no, we're going to knock you out of commission, right? When you're most needed. Um, but I, that's what I work with. I help people in those situations find ways to at least minimize the effects. And then over time, start to find ways to even prevent that from, from happening. Do you think that's real? I mean, you know, I've had chronic issues for 35 years and they come and go there was I have uh, my big one is complex regional pain syndrome which is a massive massive nerve disorder I've had fibromyalgia for 35 years it went away for 10 years And then I was in a really, really stressful situation. We were moving. I was getting divorced. Mm -hmm. I was getting remarried, you know, and bam, it was back and it's never gone away since. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I worry a little bit when I hear someone say, that I can, and you're not saying this, but I hear people say, well, I can cure you. You never are going to have pain ever again in your life. And I kind of cringe a little bit. At that. Yes. The cure word. I never use the word cure. A chronic health condition is something that you have and you struggle with and you can manage it and you can reduce symptoms. But I know for me with my migraines, I didn't have a migraine for four years. Four wonderful years, I was getting a little bit cocky, a little bit confident. And then I ended up with an illness, the one that we all know and hear about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually didn't get that sick, but it triggered a migraine. And I had a four day migraine, and my migraines have come back. And now I'm back to square one where I have to be super aware of triggers, super aware of any signs that one might be impending. And I have to be really careful about what I'm doing in my life to help to prevent. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't take responsibility 
for their own health. And, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's things that are out there in the, in the metaverse and and all this Mm -hmm. where, well, if you eat the right foods and if you exercise three times a day, and if you're this and that, and the other thing, you know, you're never going to get any of these chronic illnesses. Well, I don't know about migraines, but I know about CRPS. There's no way my eating and walking would have prevented that. It was a car accident. You know, it was something that I had no control over. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you have to be aware. And, and I'm looking at things because I also have Crohn's and I've been eating. People have been bringing it since my husband's surgery. People from my church have been bringing us wonderful meals to eat and all this. And I've got the worst stomach aches I have had in forever. And I'm going... Well, it's because we're eating things that I shouldn't be eating, you know, like tomato sauce and the acidic and, and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. So I, th- I think we have to be aware of where we are, of what our body's situation is in at the time and not just say, well, where the heck did this come from? I know that I'm hurting because I'm so, I was so stressed out. I know that, you know, but now I have to try to figure out, okay, I'm not so stressed anymore. Go away, please go away. <laughs> yes. and, and what I've found is when you do have these like recurrences or these flare-ups of conditions, it takes a lot of concentrated effort for a period of time. But the longer you keep up with the awareness and uh, putting the effort in, over time, you can put a bit less effort in. Your body starts to be a bit more tolerant of, of kind of what is going on. But it can be a long journey. And I love that you brought up awareness because that is my favorite thing. So I don't know if you have a link, but I have an awareness journal. I will provide the printable PDF for you to share Please. with everyone. Because be this is the first step. Reviewing your symptoms every 30 days, seeing, did you make progress, tracking your changes, tracking what's going on with your body in a really simple way. This takes 20 seconds to fill out, put it by your toothbrush, get into the habit of just doing it every day. And then once a month, take a bit of extra time to really look at, okay, did my symptoms get worse over the last month? Did they get better? What am I starting to notice? Okay, I had a flare up on this day. Let's go back and look at what I wrote in my journal for the two days prior to that. Like I had a flare up of foods. Okay, four to six hours earlier, what foods did I eat? How is my body feeling? Because that's really the first step. The, the trouble with chronic conditions, chronic pain conditions is everybody's different. So that three times a day exercise that works for someone else might actually cause a flare-up. For some people, exercise, getting your heart rate over a certain amount triggers migraines. So that's not going to help you. The more often you have a migraine, the more likely you are to have a migraine because the pathways are activated and, and they form those patterns. So what, what's helpful for them might not be helpful for you. And the best way you can find what's helpful for you is to listen to your body. The body is always going to tell you. Harder for people with chronic pain because often your body's throwing a little temper tantrum. But <laughs> within there, well, that's how I describe a migraine. A migraine is, is your brain throwing a temper tantrum because something it. has triggered your brain to start the migraine process. 
it's not something that in a normal, like in a, uh, would commonly cause the average person to have a migraine. But for some reason, your brain's decided to react to that and then kick up a big fuss. So yeah, building that awareness is so important. And I was just getting ready to have one of my volunteers build something like that. So you've just saved me hours. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I will give you credit and it'll go on my website and we'll both be, people will be better off for it. (laughs) For sure. Right now, my two, I have two journals. One's focused on migraine relief and one's focused on um, hormone health. But the migraine relief one, I could easily just, it's just a, a, a principle. So I can easily tweak that for a general chronic pain as that well. Just That would be incredible. And I know all my listeners yeah. and all the people who follow us through our organization would really appreciate that. I, I want everyone to have at least the base tools. And I'm, I'm very open about sharing at least my fundamental practices that I usually get clients to start with. Because if you don't have the resources or you don't have the accessibility to work with someone, that should not be a barrier to you finding relief from pain. Yeah. Everyone I, deserves I yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I want all of these resources on my website that people can just go in and look at and say, that would be helpful. I need that. So that would, that would be helpful. We need that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I have kind of three foundational resources that I, I give to people primarily for the migraine relief, but also for other, it'll apply to a lot of pain, pain relief um, because it's all working on supporting our brain function. But the one is the awareness journal and then some tips around how it can be hard to get in the habit of filling that in every day, but you know, how you can tack it on to another habit, like brushing your teeth or right after dinner, or like really making sure that you, you put the routine in place to make it so it actually happens. The other thing I really recommend is breath work. And I can also link to a a routine I have for that. But um, for example, with perimenopause symptoms, which are a hormonal function issue, paced breathing, or basically just lowering your breath work, almost any kind of relaxed breathing helps, but it reduces hot flashes by 40 to 50%. They've done studies on this. It can reduce your sensitivity to pain. Oh, you I have a question on that yes. because it may just be me. I have been told on more than one occasion that I'm weird. Yes, <laughs> My body okay. is weird. I, I think when, I know where you're going. Well, when I focus on my breathing, I actually wind up in trouble. Okay. So, and I've heard many, many times, you know, that do do this breath work, do this. But if I, and maybe I'm doing it wrong, I don't know. But if I do that, I wind up passing out. Okay. And that is a really interesting thing to touch on because breath work is not a one size fits all. And I actually noticed this with another person I was working with with fibromyalgia. Um, And this can happen in people who are, are in that chronic pain state for a very long period of time where that diaphragmatic breathing can actually be really, really difficult on your body, on your mind. So the tip in that case, if that's what happens, there are ways to start 
very, very slow. So don't dive right into a super deep breath. Um, (laughs) But you have to work your way up because your body's in this, the state of like nervous system activation. Like you're, you're so on edge that you're, I'm not really sure the mechanism by what it happens, but I do see that like it, it can lead to shakes. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to lightheadedness. It can lead to things like that. So that is an important disclaimer to make. If you'd like, I, I do have a resource for that. It's not mine, but I'm happy to share it. Please, um, that would be great. But there's a way to do diaphragmatic breathing. And once again, flare out. Your body tells you if something is good for you or not. So even if you do the lowest level introductory diaphragmatic breathing and it doesn't feel good, then that might not be the right practice. There's other options to help calm that stress and pain response in your body. But the one way to do it is to lie on your back with your knees up, so your knees bent. Just put your hands on your belly and don't even do anything. Just with your hands on your lower abdomen, just below your belly button. Just feel your belly rise and fall. Don't make your breaths longer. Don't make them deeper. Just notice your belly rise and fall. And... A lot of us, if we're dealing with a lot of pain, we'll breathe into our chest instead, mm-hmm. to, instead of our belly. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're used to. So it's trying to get your, your diaphragm a little bit more engaged and to bring that breath lower, lower down into your lungs. So as you lie there, you can put a hand, sorry, I've got a microphone there, but you can put a hand on your chest and start to just feel into, is your chest rising? Is your belly rising or both? And try to get both. And it's a bit easier when you're lying down to do this one. Yeah. Shoulders sure. down and back. But it's, uh, yeah, if you lie down, then that helps all of your, your muscles kind of give way. And you don't even have to do it in the first one. If you're still breathing into your chest, that's fine. Do it for a minute or two. Come back. And as time goes on, try to get more of that movement coming into your belly rather than your chest. And then once you're there, start spending a bit more time there. Get up to five minutes. Get up to 10 minutes. Ideally, where the best results come is 15 minutes twice a day. If you can do that, you're you're killing it. And then once that feels good, and this could be a months-long process to get there. This is not fast. If you've been dealing with chronic pain for 10, 20 years, it's going to take a long time to help to teach your body something different. So be easy on yourself. That's the other hard thing is, (laughs) is we can't, you know, we often, we're our worst enemies. We, we hear all this stuff coming in from everybody about us and we take it in and then we say, well, we must be crazy or we must be this Mm. because I went, I, I had COVID a few months ago and I couldn't breathe. And I went to the emergency room at the local hospital I'm in my wheelchair. They pull me into the triage. They say, what are you here for? And I said, well, I can't breathe. I got COVID. And they said, well, why are you in a wheelchair? You shouldn't be in a wheelchair for that. And I said, well, I've got complex regional pain syndrome. The stupid doctor <laughs> looks at me, looks at the nurse, looks back at me and says, I've never heard of that. You're lying. Oh, my goodness. And I'm, I'm going. sorry. 
Well, but I mean, it's going, well, you know, I think I got this, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you get, you get so that so many people are telling you, you started out with saying the doctors, you know, don't say it's just hormones and whatever. So many of us go through that, that I think one of the hardest things we have to do. And one of the first things we have to do before any of this is going to work is understand and accept that there really is something going on. Yeah. And it's not just all in our heads. Yes. Because once you've accepted there's something going on, then you realize, okay, now there's steps I can take for this thing that, you know, ideally you, you have a diagnosis or at least an idea. And that, that is true. I do definitely prefer to work with clients who either have a diagnosis or an idea of what, is going going on, which is not always easy. It's not a must, but a lot of healthcare providers drop the ball, especially if, like you mentioned, fibromyalgia. That's one of the hardest conditions to diagnose. Endometriosis often gets a similar treatment because it's only diagnosed officially, surgically. They are working on a blood test for it over in Scotland. So that'll be life-changing for a lot of people. Um, for sure, but they haven't put the energy and the resources into finding like appropriate diagnostic tests for a lot of these conditions. Um, and that does prevent people getting the care that they need. Yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting, but you look at the number of when, when I'm doing research on what is a chronic illness, they come up with cancer, diabetes, arthritis, you know, and there may be two other things in there. And that's the only thing that they list as being chronic illnesses. There are hundreds and thousands of other things out there, mostly unpronounceable, you know, that we can't even figure out. And they all fit into each other. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have this symptom, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. Um, So I get that it's really hard for these doctors who haven't been trained in these things to, to understand that you've got something, but I think it's got to be a conversation that both sides have and an Mm -hmm. understanding. Now I have another question for you that is, specific to me. <laughs> this is all about me today, guys. I don't care about you. Guys. <laughs> not true. Not true. I do it care about everybody, but everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard of an ocular migraine? I have. Yes. Um, yeah. I get them all the time. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah. And that's because like, it can be just like the nerves around, you know, the eye, there's a particular one right here. For myself, when I get migraines, I don't get the full-on ocular migraine. I get more of the typical half-head robbing migraine. But my first sign is actually that nerve pulsing. That's an early migraine warning sign for me. What happens for me is I don't, I get sick after. They last 17 minutes. And my mom and my sister had them too. So they're evidently, Mm -hmm. they're genetic, but They last 17 minutes and they start out as this teeny tiny little light 
in one corner of my eye. And over that 17 minutes, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger until it covers my entire eye. And it's all these bright flashing colors. And and then it starts to get smaller again as it moves off in the other direction. Mm. And when it's all over with, I get sick to my stomach, but there's no, you know, I, I think of a migraine as being horribly, horribly painful. This is just, I can't see for 17 minutes. I'm blind basically because this thing is covering my eye. Isn't that scary? It is. So so many migraine symptoms are, are things that would make you think I'm having a stroke or I need to go to the hospital. And then we just like accept it as normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it boggles my mind and, you know, like the migraine process, it's a process, you know, there's a reason as it moves through your brain, it affects different systems. So that's why you might, some people get aura first, or you're getting the ocular migraine followed by nausea, which is, a, you know, a migraine symptom. And then usually there's a bit of like a hangover effect after that you might yeah, feel yeah. kind of tired oh, now or, i've got now i've got one more chronic illness to manage dang it <laughs> but but they're but like you said too like they often like intermingle and they're not necessarily separate i was just doing research this morning on the connection between endometriosis and migraine and migraine 69 percent of endometriosis sufferers experience migraine headaches or migraine symptoms which is like significantly more, the general population is about one in six um, experience migraines to some some degree. So, sorry, one in six females, not not just females, get many more migraines than than males after puberty. So there are connections here. There is something that's going on with our bodies that, um, and it seems to be there seems to be a correlation there. Mine seems to be stress and I have asthma really badly. And it's when I'm affected by a scent mm. of some sort. Somebody walks by that's wearing a tremendous amount of cologne, you know, or, or yeah. something like that. Um, it immediately kicks off this whatever it is. It's, it's interesting, but I also get them when I'm real. I've had like four of them in the last two weeks and I'll go months and months and months without one. But then once I get one, I also get several and then they just stop again, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, our bodies are so interesting and, and it can be scary when, if my mom and sister didn't have these, when I first started having them, I would have thought there was something really, really wrong with my brain you know, Mm -hmm. or, or something. And, and, but then I've talked to my eye doctor about it and they said, no, it's not related. Cause I also have uh, glaucoma and he's not, it's not related to your eyes. It has absolutely nothing to do with your eyes per se. Mm -hmm. And great. That just means there's one more thing wrong with my brain. Wonderful. (laughs) And I don't think there's enough knowledge and awareness around that because before I started this whole journey with my own migraines, um, I don't get the visual signs of migraines, but like learning about them through this all it's, it's just been, it's, it's incredible what some people now accept as normal. And it kind of makes sense that, you know, some nurses wouldn't, know what's going on because unless you've really put in the effort to look into it um but there really should be more education around 
chronic illness, yeah. how to identify it, how to advocate for yourself and yeah. get the help. And, and that's what a plug for me. That's what Invisible Entrepreneurs is all about is we're starting this whole process of education. And uh, because what I'm finding is medical professionals slash doctors slash nurses, whatever, they get trained, but they, they get most often they get trained in silos so that if you are a heart specialist, that's all you really know is what's going on with somebody's, you know, heart, the, the cardiac, cardiatric mm -hmm. stuff. Um, or if you're an asthma doctor, that's all you really know is things about asthma, where we really need to better understand which is where these functional and holistic doctors come in. Mm -hmm. We need to understand how the whole body works together. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do is to, is to train these doctors and, and, you know, that that's what you guys can't just sit there. I mean, I go two and a half hours away to my diabetic doctor. I go an hour and a half away to this doctor. I go right downtown to this doctor and none of them communicate, you know, like, and it's, it's ridiculous because um, the one doctor has given me new medicine for my diabetes, but as a consequence, that medicine is kicking up my Crohn's disease. Mm. So my sugars are better, but now my stomach's horrible. And I'm going, what do I do? You guys need to talk, you know? It's yeah. frustrating. <laughs> yeah, but the diabetes doctor isn't trained on the GI tract. So right. I mean, I find that's where I end up. Um, now, just to be clear, I am not like, I'm not a, a, a doctor or medically trained. I'm very much in the holistic healing. And I primarily support hormone and nervous system function um, through mind-body techniques. I don't know if I mentioned that at the, the beginning, but I am trained in um, fertility coaching and reproductive health support. So I find a lot of the time my clients have been to specialists and not gotten the help they needed, the tests they needed, um, or you know they have questions, but they don't really know how to word it. So they didn't get it in during the appointment because the appointment is so short. So I sit down with my clients and we make a list of questions to ask their healthcare provider that will either hopefully get them the answers they need or prompt them to ideally connect with another specialist. The system's not really set. Like I'm in Canada. So my, I'm not sure if you're, are you in the US or are you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here, you know, it, but it is like that where the system's very segmented. You have your specialist working in a group of those specialists. But sometimes that extra encouragement is just enough for them to dig a bit deeper into the notes that are in the system there in the shared, shared, um, shared health charts. You can't be expected to remember or know all of that on your own. It's only because I've seen this come up again and again and again. I can help clients figure out the questions that are going to be. That's a wonderful. That's a wonderful yeah. help. Um, I, I think it's so important and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because most of us, maybe not so much the younger people now, but people of a, of a certain age were raised to respect our doctors, to think that the doctors were all knowing and, you know, we would turn our bodies over to them and expect them to 
heal us, to take care of us, to make us well or whatever. And we, number one, don't know the questions to ask. And number two, it's, oh, I can't ask a question. Uh, you know, he's not going to want me asking him questions. He's the air, you know, he's the person that's the specialist. He knows what's going on. Silly me, I can't ask questions. So you've got that dichotomy there of, okay, this is what the doctor's telling me to do. I know it's not working, but you know, this is what they say to do. So how do you get around that? I like, from my perspective, I've been in that situation where I have tracked my menstrual cycles for 15 years. I have all this education and reproductive health. I've read a lot of the same textbooks as my training as, as you know, medical professionals have. And then when I went to my doctor with migraines that were happening exactly two days before ovulation, and then on my period, specifically to the day, and I kept that pattern going, when I went to my doctor and I said, well, these migraines, something must have changed with my hormones postpartum. Now I'm getting these migraines on these parts of my cycle when estrogen is doing this. And my doctor says, well, what am I supposed to do with that? I, I can give you more Advil. I can give you stronger pain meds, but oh, I mean, the hormones don't mean anything. You know, I was in a really lucky position where one, I have lots of knowledge and education of both my body and how the reproductive system works. And also, you know, I've always been kind of that person who would ask an annoying number of questions and, you know, that kid that would like challenge the teacher in class, much mm -hmm. to my teacher's dismay probably, and make them explain it a bit more fully. So, you know, I'm, I'm that person for better or worse. So I, I, I was really good at just challenging that and being like, well, no, like explain to my doctor how the estrogen, I think, was maybe affecting things. Could we run some tests? I still didn't get the test from her. But I had that inner knowing of like, okay, this needs to be investigated more. And I went to a naturopath, we ran the tests and was able to get to the bottom of things um, through there because it's important to get to the bottom so then you can take, take the steps. So I think it's encouragement. It's just encouragement to, to um, one, write everything down. So before you go, write down what you want to say, what you want to learn, what questions you want to ask. And, and then push for it. Be that pushy person. They're your healthcare provider. They're there to serve you. They're a service provider. You know, be pushy for what you want. I, I'm laughing because uh, at, right after my accident, uh, I went to a specialist in Chicago at this huge, big teaching mm -hmm. hospital, and the doctor had all these fellows and residents running around, and every time we would have a meeting with the doctor, the doctor would be sitting there dictating to one of his little minions, and the door would be open and shut, open and shut. I need your signature. I need this. I need, you know, the doctor would never look at me, would never talk to me, would never, you know, he was just all this other stuff. The last time we went in to see him, my husband moved his chair over in front of the door so that the door couldn't open and the door's doing this. <laughs> and the doctor looks at him and he said, we are paying you to take care of my wife. You know, you need to pay attention to us. You need to talk 
to us and you need to answer our questions. And the doctor just sort of went, (laughs) he never had anything like that happen. But we actually got some answers to that day that we had not gotten before. Huge round of applause for your husband, first of all. And that's the thing too, when we're expected to advocate for ourselves, when we're the ones dealing with the problem, like we're, we're feeling like crap. We're in a position where it's really hard to stand up for ourselves. We're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We're in pain. We're feeling awful. Mm-hmm. So for you having your husband there, if you don't have a partner to do that, like it, it's not always easy to find, but find someone. They might think you're ridiculous, but find someone and be like, help me make sure I get the care. Help me advocate for my help. Help the doctor not push me away and, and walk over my questions. Or, you know, talk it through with some beforehand, do a pep talk, like we shouldn't have to. But I'm so glad your husband did and was there for you. He said the Marine came out in him. (laughs) 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 But it was so funny because he was just back and forth, back and forth because the door was trying to open and they couldn't get in. Come back later. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. (laughs) Well, we are actually at the end of our time. I can't believe this. This has been a great conversation. Mm. And want to ask you two questions. Is there anything that we haven't talked about first that you want to share? I think we covered it. I just wanted to make sure people feel empowered to advocate for themselves, build their body awareness, and start taking some small, simple steps to help reduce your pain because that will help open you up to better dealing with your health as well as doing the things you want like working on your business connecting with your family um and then i'll make sure i've passed on some resources for that to you. well and that was my second question is there anything that you're doing right now that any of the listeners might be resonating with and say oh i need to I need to, yeah. uh, you know, get in touch with Christine because I really want to take her program or I really want this or, or have her counsel me. What is it that you're doing right now? That yes. Listeners- so I offer um, health consultations where we sit down, go through health history, talk for 90 minutes about where you're at, specifically for people who experience migraines, headaches, or hormonal health conditions. That's my area of genius. So the PCOS, the endometriosis, the heavy bleeds, the perimenopause, the migraines, the chronic headaches. Um, If that's something you suffer with, but you're feeling like you don't know what to do, you don't know where to start, you don't know what's actually going to help, we work together and we set up a 12-week plan. Everything's in bullet point per week to make it very easy to follow. And I give you all the resources to follow that plan. Um, and then you can reevaluate. And then if you want more support, you want me in your back pocket. I do um, sessions where we would go through acupressure, breath work. I even do a bit of hypnotherapy if it's helpful. Um, and I do like a larger program format where we go through that 12-week plan. But you got me in your back pocket if you need it every day, giving you a pep talk helping hold you accountable to follow through with your goals and really helping you to assess this awareness journal. Everyone fills out one of these, or I have a virtual version I give to clients. So consultation, um, a great place to start. 
from there, if you want more support, I also do a more in-depth support program. Wonderful. Sounds good to me. I, I think people listening to this will, will really say, wow, this is mm-hmm. something we could use and hopefully we'll reach out to you. We will put your email and contact information in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And um, so hopefully people will, will come to you because I think what you do is really important. I've certainly learned a lot today. I hope that other people have as well. And so thank you very much for being here, for sharing with us. It was really insightful and I appreciate it. And finally, moving on to wrap things up a little bit, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do at Invisible Entrepreneurs. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact info will be in the show notes as well. And with that, guys, let me know what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Share this and all of the other shows with your colleagues, your family, your friends, anybody you know that either is interested in chronic illness, has migraines, uh, or just wants to be better aware of what's going on in the chronic illness world. So until next time, guys, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye.